Hi there, before we start, if you're new to our show, thank you so much for tuning into our program and we hope you'll stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all your kind words and encouragement. You really help this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of the people who look like us and as women and people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple and Google or Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review. And if you'd like to support us, please head to Buy Me Coffee page to make a donation, which will help us to continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. Yeah. But then I will, like, I'll prefer to get it earlier than get in there just before my trip. I thought, oh, yeah, Taiwan. I forgot about that. This is really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, I thought, um, I thought, have you heard there's a new strain? Yeah, there's so many new strains. Oh, okay. I yeah, I yeah, yeah. At all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the government's not really publishing it. The media's yeah. not following it, so it's hard to yeah. know at all. Hey, guys, it's Jessie. Hi, uh, this is Helen. <laughs> we are Asian bitches down under. <laughs> I can tell by the tone that I'm way more excited about 2023 than Helen. I was like, hey, this is Jessie. And then Helen was like, hey, this is Helen. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sick. Helen is, it's not even sick. COVID. It's not COVID. She doesn't even get the, the status of having been a COVID survivor. Yeah. Although I feel like the longer it lasts, the more special Novid people are. You're a Novid. Although I do personally know a few Novids, mm. people who haven't received, had COVID. Mm. Um, yeah. So Helen's just struggling with a plain old um, Franklin's yeah. uh, no frills kind of flu. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I haven't had a flu for... A long time. A long time. Three, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think so, it's because that I've been letting myself go the last two weeks during the, the holiday. Going what do you mean letting yourself go? Just going to the beach every day and climbing every second day. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. No rest. Not resting. Right. Yeah. I don't feel like letting yourself go constitutes as going climbing every second day. I feel like <laughs> that's pretty alpha in my books. Yeah. Um, wow, it's stretching my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Every every day beach that would exhaust me. You know, like the other day, I feel like the older I get, the more sun sun suspicious I am, or like just uh, awareness of going under the sun. Yeah. So the other yeah. day, I went. I like to do laps in the swimming pool. One of my favorite things to do. Um, just gives me so much joy. And um, I went at around six o'clock because mm-hmm. I thought I don't want to go during the day. Because like I don't want to get sunburned, and it's an outdoor pool, and um, and uh, I still came back, and then there were bits of my face I forgot to put sunscreen on. Oh and no! When I came back, it was like burnt. Oh shit! And I was just like, ugh. I just, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be very careful with um sun exposure, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My it's body. Really so, so how do you how do you make sure you don't get sunburned when you go to the beach? Well, we'll try to go like after four p.m. Mm. Very early in the morning. Mm, mm. Yeah, avoid uh, midday, you know, where the UV ray is the highest. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy here in Australia. Now, Helen, happy 2023. Uh, what, what, how are you feeling going into 2023? Do you have any goals? What do you want this year? Oh, I haven't got any goals, so to speak, because you know that I'm not a person who likes to set, like, New Year's resolution. 
But I think for myself, um, apart from getting fitter to improve my bouldering skills, as just some basic personal goals for me, I will probably. But at the same time, I don't want to set myself up for a failure because I think I'm ready to work on Lin Yihan's novel,、uh, mm. the to translate that novel. Oh my god, Helen too! You freaking need to do that. Yeah, I think my mental status is、yep. stable enough now. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, I think,、um, if our listeners know that we've spoke about Lin Yihan's novel in、mm. past episodes, so. Um, loosely translated, the novel title is "Fang Fang Siqi's First Love Paradise." So it's a tragedy of sexual abuse and grooming, child grooming. So it's not something that's going to be easy to read or translate. But、mm. um, I think I'm ready to do that this year. And I'm really, yeah, and I'm really proud of you. Yeah, hopefully to read more Chinese books and improve my translation skills. Brilliant. Yeah. So, what about you? Have you got、um, any things that you want to achieve this year? I think I'd like to write a book.、Mm-hmm. I'd like、But、to sell a book, your, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Until、um, the midway of. Yeah, I'm almost finished. A, 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 a man, yeah, manuscript that I've been working on for the last, I guess, eighteen months.、Mm. So hopefully that we see an end to that.、Um, and and when, by by end, I purely mean you know、um, that it will eventually come out to the public. I write in order to find an audience. So I hope that eventually it comes out in some form or another.、Mm. Um, uh, you know, every time I enter summer, I always think I have these grand plans of like readings. You know, ten books, and you know, doing a lot of kind of self improvement. But then summer ends, and I know it's not the end of summer; it's still January. But like, you know, the holiday period has ended, and I look back, and I'm like, I had a great time. You know, we were puppy sitting for my friend, who has a four month old puppy, Reggie, who like completely <laughs> like、um, stole my heart. I go, I guess the term is called.、Um, but ah.、Uh, But I look back and I'm like,、uh, what did I actually do? And I can't actually、um, remember everything I read or you know saw.、Um, I'm not someone who calculates things like or keeps keeps a、um, tally of what I read because I read just so widely and I often don't finish what I start. But、um, but goals this year is to hopefully just you know keep on doing what I love doing, which is you know reading books and writing books and.、Um, And hopefully, not finding、um, an excuse to, you know,、um, not go up north to see you now that you have a、uh, three dogs, Helen. <laughs> yeah, I do. So I'm currently puppy setting for someone as well for ten days at Black Labrador. Very yeah, crazy. Yeah, called Quaid.、Um, as in Dennis Quaid. I think so. Yeah.、Um, hey, so how old is Quaid? He is eighteen months, I believe. Okay. But okay. it's such a Chaotic situation because I just fell sick two days ago. Yeah, yeah. My son had a minor surgery. Yeah, and then we have to dog sit this puppy. Yeah, and when he first arrived, he just tried to hump my other two dogs. Yeah, yeah. He has no boundaries at all. I think, I think he didn't grow up with other dog, or he hasn't socialized enough. Yeah, but it's um. I think they're slowly settling settling down, which is a good thing. Mm, mm.、Uh, Paddington, which is my most senior dog, he is still 
very scared of this puppy. He would not. That's approach. so funny. That is so cute. You were high in our bedroom. Yeah, 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 and try to keep a distance because he's just so freaking energetic. Yeah, yeah. Walks around all day. He's, yeah, young young dogs are exhausting. Hmm. Yeah. So what's been happening in the first week of twenty twenty three? Um, George Pell died. Naomi、mm-hmm. Osaka is pregnant. Ash Barty is pregnant. Yes, everyone's getting pregnant. Yeah, everyone's having babies. Yeah, but I think and, that's not unusual. And、um, just yesterday, I heard this news about New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet was exposed wearing a Nazi uniform on his twenty-first. Yeah. yeah, and the most unsurprising piece of I know history、yeah. to come out of that kind of that man's man. <laughs> that, a man of that, you know, quality, like how predictable.、Mm. I was just thinking, like, what kind of stupid, sick person wears Nazi uniform to a party? And then apparently, apart apart from Dominic Perrottet, is Harry, Harry, yeah, from Terry, obviously, Harry, from Harry as well. Yeah. Oh my god, which he so abysmally addressed、mm. in his documentary on Netflix. Just abysmal. It was absolutely abysmal. It was so abysmal that I laughed. Basically, he was like, "Oh,、um, I went to after that. I did some a lot of soul searching, and I did a lot of self reflection. I met Holocaust survivors. I traveled to Germany.、Um, I talked to one Holocaust survivor,、uh, as though, and he he felt like you could tell that he felt that he really did the right thing by you know his his sort of like in, intellectual, emotional, psychological reparations to these people were like." Oh, I talked to one Holocaust survivor. I'm like a deeply reflective person.、Um, I was just like, oh my god, I can't, I can't.、Um, you know, yeah, and PR team. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I cannot. But you know,、um, the the documentary. I have 15 minutes left of the sixth、um, and final episode. I cannot be bothered to finish it,、mm. just because my distaste and、um, my disinterest and detest. Distaste for them has grown only、um, like you know exponentially since the since watching the documentary and then now、mm. since I am a book critic I felt it like、um, I felt it、um, it demanded of me that I read the one of the most、uh, you know best selling nonfiction books of all time at least in the UK、mm. um, and of course we are talking about Harry's memoir Spare oh it's already with- best selling oh my goodness who the fuck would buy that well like a lot of it is pre order a lot of it is like、right. um, the publishers. You know,、um, the publishers have come out with saying that. So, who knows? Who can verify that? I don't know、uh, what the processes、uh-huh. are, but、um, I have started the, the book yesterday, and I'm sixty、um, pages in. It took me about an hour to read sixty pages.、Uh, it's a very, very easy read.、Um, my my friend, my dear friend, told me that it was、um, the ghostwriter for this book is also the guy who helped Andre Agassi write his memoir, and I remember. That that was a big、um, book to come out a few years ago. It might have been like two, one or two decades actually.、Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Agassi's book. Um,、uh, my friend actually said it was like one of the best books she's ever read, which makes me want to read this,、um, that book. But this one is very kind of like clipped sentences.、Um, I think obviously the ghostwriter has tried to、um, retain Harry's particular voice or speech.、Um, I find personally Prince Harry、um, probably the most Dull, flat, boring,、um, personality-less、um, public figure I've ever encountered. 
on the big screen. And so, like, I guess I didn't have high expectations going into this book. I knew that I would be bored to tears. Um, so far, he's just written about his, it, the book starts at um, kind of uh, the, um, at uh, his grandfather's funeral, I think maybe last year or two years ago. And then it kind of um, starts from when he um, was 12, around 12, and then his um, schooling and then eventually to Eton where he is like um, ignored by his brother who he calls Willie in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so far um, that's, that's, that's what I've got to, like his, um, his education. Um, and I guess it'll pro- progress chronologically. Um, but I am trying to keep the book, um, it is a hard copy, I'm trying to keep it as pristine as I can and not write scathing things on the side of it because <laughs> I was thinking maybe Helen would want to read it you know I don't know maybe oh, you want to read it probably not yeah because um it's not demanded of you you know to spend time with such a boring figure um but I will probably pass it on to other people who don't want to spend $45 on such a text and I have you know sacrificed that much money just to you know make sure that I'm in the know-how I want I want to I just feel like um as someone who is you know in books Mm. Uh, I feel it like it demand. It is demanded of me to know what's the content of this book. Mm. So yeah, I, I I'm not quite sure whether or not how the response of the general literary. Yeah, well, I I guess of this um, book. I feel like it's more like a gossipy celebrity type of yeah. Um, yeah, I don't it is. I mean, trash because it's some some people prefer to read this kind of book, but. It's really down to tabloid, and I've seen clips of him on 60 Minutes talking oh, about the book, oh and all God. the comments are really nasty. <sighs> and there's reason for it. We know that he keeps saying that he wants privacy, but then at the same time, he's going out to media and talking about things about his family. So Yeah, I, 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 this is something that I find um, probably one of the more, more like um, stronger reasons why I find them kind of unlikable um, mm. is because uh, there's so there's something about them that's so there's so much fervor and passion behind their goal of wanting to share their story and that's something I just don't understand it's like um, basically in the preface of the book he says uh, he he recounts the conversation where he has just kind of left the monarchy officially and moved to Canada with Megan. And um, he comes back for the funeral um, by himself, and then he says um, he recounts this conversation where um, where his brother says to him, "Harry, um, I really don't know why you left the royal family." And then his father gave him a look that was also similar to that question, and he was like, "You guys genuinely don't know why I left." And then so he was like, and then the line in the book at the end of the preface, it was like, "So here it is. Here's my tale. Here we go, Pa, Willie, world." here's my story, here we go, kind of thing. And I was like, um, you could just literally sit down and talk to them or write write something like or like have a phone conversation with them. Like yeah. why do you need to write an entire book that, um, the child and, public. That, re- that is read by millions of people? Like clearly you're someone who really wants your story out in the world. And that kind of like um, that kind of entitlement, that sense of I deserve my story, I, I feel like I my story is entitled, I deserve it the world to hear it i find that very like i don't know it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth mm, absolutely you know? and yeah and and i you know i have been thinking helen how is this book going to be uh 
critiqued, I guess, on a basis of like a nonfiction memoir. Um, I feel like I, if like, say, if I was asked to review it in a through the literary lens of the, you know, of the quality of a memoir, um, I feel like it, it, it kind of you can't really measure it against other literary memoirs only in a sense because he is such a he is such an exceptional case you know he 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 isn't just like any public figure he is like such a widely talked about a um, huge a monumental thing. figure yeah and so like we I, I like i feel like um i wouldn't be able to talk about it and 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 kind of measure his words up against like the i guess like the best memoirs that we've ever seen and also he you would put this memoir as like a celebrity memoir and so like you would put it against you know other public figures um i'm thinking mostly like actors hollywood actors you know um things like that or like politicians you know um and so yeah i just i i i hope i finish it to be honest i know i have a tendency of just like giving up on books that i don't find that uh you know that gripped me and this isn't gripping me last night i just had like a couple of hours i thought you know i had this feeling that um i wanted to wait i wanted to ride the wave of the feeling of imagining like millions hundreds of thousands of other people sitting down and reading the words that i was reading simultaneously you know um and that feeling is why i chose to sit down and you know read it last night it, it, I, I could have done anything else. You know, I had deadlines. I have numerous things I have to do. But I wanted to ride on the wave of knowing that, uh, like, hundreds and thousands of people were also reading the words that I was reading at the same time. And that was kind of magical, I guess, because I know that, you know, wh when was the last time so much fervor and passion and um, conversations were happening around one book? You know, probably Harry Potter, right? Oh, I don't so, I don't know. I'm I'm the one that I'm one of those person that is not riding that wave. So I couldn't really tell. It's because simply, like I what I said in the previous episodes about you know what Harry and Meghan is doing is that I mm. do sympathize with them. You know mm. what's happening, but going out publicly talking about your family private affairs. It's not really productive for the whole world. It's like every day, a lot of families are going through the same yeah. shit that you're going through yeah. as well. What gives you the right to talk about it publicly? And if you really want to open up and talk about shittiness of the royalty and monarchy, talk about colonization, talk about proper, um, the real imperative issues that yeah. is. Structural issues, yeah, structural not not personal issues. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not gonna be the person who's gonna read the book, unfortunately. Yeah. No, no, don't. No, um, if I wasn't a book critic, I don't think I would read this. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's uh, we will be talking about some of the movies and books that we have consumed over the holidays. We'll be good right books. Back. Books of our own choice. <laughs> I have to emphasize on that. So we're back, and I'm very happy um, that at least over the summer I have discovered one amazing book that I wouldn't normally uh, read myself, only because usually I tend to uh, only read books by women. Um, 
But uh, so at the end of the year, I get really obsessed with best of lists, especially and, and uh, best books of twenty of the year. Uh, I never really look at any other uh, lists, like for example, best movies or best albums, only because um, um one I don't listen to music at all. Um, I really don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm not lying to listeners. The only music I listen to is jazz, um, and jazz from the fifties, uh, the sixties, the kind of so-called classics. Um, and movies, there's just so many movies out there. I just don't like. I don't. I don't have my head over it. Even though I, I'd say movies are probably my second greatest love after books. Um, I just don't have enough time to watch movies. Uh, but books, on the other hand, and, and because it's part of my job, um, and I, I love writing them, uh, I'm much more invested in. Um, and so you know, um, I looked at a lot of the lists, and mind you, all these lists are American. Mm -hmm. I will preface that by saying that. Uh, so, uh, and there was one list. Um, there was one book that was almost on every single best of lists of 2022, and that was Hernan Diaz's Trust. Um, it's simply called Trust. T R U S T. So it's a weird title, um, and uh, it's Hernan Diaz's second book, I believe. His first book was also uh, was um, nominated for a Pulitzer or some big prize. This one uh, I was very excited about um, because I read the back and basically um, the back says it's a book about like it's, it's a book uh, it's a book that has four books in it. Okay, bear with me. It is it sounds complicated, but um, basically um, four books are within this one book. Okay, and the contents page lists the four books and the four books are um, obviously fictionalized. Okay, so Hernan Diaz wrote these four books. Um, all of him, all of um, he 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 wrote them by himself, and then he fictionalizes these um, other authors. Um, so the first book is called Bonds. It's by Harold Vanner. The second book is called My Life. It's a memoir. The third book is also a memoir, and the fourth book is also so the, is also a memoir. So it's a novel followed by three memoirs, and basically um, the first book follows the story of a very wealthy man and his wife, and then the memoirs are actually first-person accounts of the real people in which the first novel was based on. Do you catch me? Uh, I think I catch you. And it's a very um, unique way of setting up a book, isn't it? Oh, it's extremely unique. And it kind of, it, the only book it reminded me of initially, just based on the pure structure of this, Helen, was yeah. um, Lisa Halliday's 2000, and, I believe, 17 or 16 book called Asymmetry. Okay. Did you ever read that book? I think I've seen this somewhere yeah so it was everywhere yeah it was yeah. everywhere everyone was talking about it for ages and ages it was basically a fictionalized version of her affair with philip roth uh -huh. and that book was kind of divided into three so it was like the the fictionalized kind of um reimagining of, of her affair mm -hmm. um the first book was that and the second book was uh, um a, uh, a fictional tale written by some guy that's like a, was a return veteran from Iran or something, and it seemed completely like different to the first book. And then the third book, the third part of the book was actually just a transcript of a, of a radio interview of someone related to the second book. Uh, so I guess like it, it made me think about the ways in which novels can be structured differently. It can't. It doesn't have to just be a tale and like one perspective running through from page one to the last page of the novel. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say I'm really glad that I picked this up um, because it's like it's absolutely riveting 
it's absolutely readable so it's not difficult to read um which i really appreciate um not like you know jennifer jennifer egan's the candy house <laughs> which oh, I, I was traumatized yeah which we always gonna literally traumatized the most cryptic book ever um i to be honest still haven't picked it up so i don't know i'm just going based on helen's perspective um but yeah i i going back to hernan diaz's trust it's a spectacular read. It's not. It's about finance and rich people and bonds. Well, that's and unusual. Would you follow it? I know it's, it's area it's, of expertise. I know that's it. That's that's what makes a great book, right? It takes a unique subject, something uh-huh. that's so outside of your usual lane, and then yeah. makes it approachable. And I really appreciate that. I have to say, Ooh, I really appreciate it. And I cannot wait for you to read it, Helen, because um, I know you will love this book. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, how about uh, you? So during the during the, I keep saying during the school holiday, I'm still currently in school holiday. But during the uh, Christmas and New Year's the whole, uh, two weeks of break, I've started reading the book that Jess gave me. Jess gave me. It's called The Man. Like I don't know if you randomly just yes. gave me this book. Uh-huh. Who's but, it by? Uh, it's by Sandra Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same author of The Heavens. I never heard of her before, but apparently mm-hmm. she's one of the bestseller. Every every authors are bestsellers. Bestsellers, yeah. I'm a bestseller. <laughs> I'm a fucking bestseller. I don't even know what that means. Just the way that people are like award winning author. It's like yeah, you had to uh, I won an award when I was in primary school, <laughs> Carlingford High, nineteen ninety five. I'm also award winning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I'm halfway through this novel. Um, it's quite interesting. I thought that uh, it very sim- it's a very similar genre to that sci-fi, dark humor, drama that I mentioned it probably two, almost two years ago on our podcast. It's called Creamery mm. uh, by an Asian New Zealand production or oh, yeah. production. Mm. And the plot is based on what if the world one day, one day the world, or the man disappears. Yeah, the man just literally disappears on the face of the, uh, the, on the face of the planet. Yeah. Okay. Besides our spouses, that would be absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right? So this book actually follows several female characters of their uh, what happened after the the day uh, on this in this novel is twenty sixth of August that the day all the all the man disappears in. On Earth, and follows several female characters of how they feel about uh, what their perspectives about whether or not they miss them, or they actually are happy that they're not being constantly living in fears of you know the previous world where there is men, the existence of men. Um, I'm halfway through, but the writing is quite unusual as well i think it's it's easy to read but like Mm. what you said about uh the book trust um it intersects with different people's story Mm. in the same timeline obviously but it intersects with like this sort of kind of like a youtube description of films like youtube description of video clips um it's it's got a little bit element of sci-fi so I don't know how to explain it because I hardly read sci-fi. But yeah, neither. So what happens in this uh, fictional world is that when the man disappears, there's strange video clips suddenly appears on YouTube of um, those men 
mm. appearing as if they've been uh, like a you know the one of those CCTV surveillance video yeah. clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very strange video clips capturing those men uh, disheveled or they're uh, in very dirty appearance and they're walking through a jungle in a huge pack like they've been herded into somewhere. Wow, that is No incredible. one can trace who made these videos and this description of the those video. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if this is up to ev anyone, everyone's alley, but I think um, if you want to read uh, sort of like a dystopian kind of story, I would recommend this one. It's quite That sounds incredible. Oh, is that? It sounds a bit like uh, The Handmaid's Tale in some sense as well. Oh, I haven't read The Handmaid's Tale, but I think, I think it's a similar concept. It's a yeah. very similar concept, yeah. Do you think it'll be adapted onto the big screen? Because it seems like it's... I feel it like, it's, like got a, it's got potential. Yeah. To adapt it to, um, you know, uh, I'll say a, a series movie. or a movie, yeah. yeah. A movie will be a bit more appropriate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, how well, about um, what, if, if you If tomorrow the world did um, cease to exist um, for men, I mean, as in men disappeared, I mean, like, in reality, that would be, like, pretty horrifying. Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that the world would improve probably in in a ninety nine out of ninety nine out of a hundred ways, uh, it still would be pretty scary. Yeah, because the story in the novel describes that you know from twenty sixth of August, suddenly just uh, planes drop drop out from the sky. Yeah, no, we wouldn't want that to happen. Pilots, there's uh, so much workplace accident just suddenly happen because yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a very imaginative way to think about it, I think. Incredible, incredible. So I I want to move on from that, Helen, to a movie we both saw, um, Glass Onion, which is the second <laughs> kind of sequel-ish-esque um, uh, to Knives Out, which is one of my favourite movies, I have to say, hands oh, okay. down. Uh -huh. I absolutely love Knives Out. I just think it's a, a great story, told well, great cast, funny poignant and ultimately it had a really good story uh, like it had a really good message which like I'm a sucker for good messages um, and I like to watch a movie that has a good message and the message of Knives Out is so I, I find that um, it's really important and it really aligns with my value you know mm. um, uh, that, that, that the kind honest person is the one who wins it at the end uh, Glass Onion, uh, I don't know how you felt. I didn't like it at all. I, I thought it was like just it. a fun movie to watch. It was really entertaining. It was. Okay, so the first half I was like, what is this piece of shit? I, <laughs> I'm i a total out. I I did not even want to continue. Um, when the twist happened in the middle, um, and I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it, um, it did get much better. But it, uh, but like it had lost me, I guess, from the get go when when I just didn't relate to any of the characters, didn't like any of them. Um, I thought the cast was much more scattered and disparate, and it didn't. It just, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like anything about the movie, to be honest, except that big twist, which was like okay, I guess. Oh, okay, interesting. I think the only part that I dislike was the overly performance by. Craig, Craig Daniels. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was really oh, yeah. different to the first um, 
I think his accent was just too much. Yeah, yeah. There's too much em- emphasize on his accent and just because he's kind of like typecast as a James Bond yeah. character. So it's really hard to immerse into that kind of character that he's playing in Glass Onion. No yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it, it was a fun movie to watch, but that's about it. It was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, before you go and talk about the two movies you went to see at the cinemas, I also want to just mention I went to see The Fablemans with Billy. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Billy. Um, and we really enjoyed that. That was basically a biopic of Steven Spielberg, directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um, it was very long. I didn't mind that. Um, Michelle Williams was probably definitely the star of that movie. Seth Rogen is in there surprisingly Um, and poor Dano also Um, it's a very sweet film um, very kind of very sad as well it kind of goes through the story of his parents divorce yeah um, and um, it's like a biography of himself yeah exactly from like when he was maybe like 12 around 12 13 14 15 like teenage years basically Um, yeah and then how he started becoming obsessed with films it's it's really nice i'd say generally um yeah it's a good feel good movie okay how interesting usually this kind of film people will make make it once that person is dead oh really yeah. so he wants to do his own re- retrospective <laughs> yeah but anyway okay. there you go helen what are you uh, another shout out to Billy. He recommended this movie, which later he regretted that he recommended this movie for me and my husband to see on our date night. Um, so my husband and I went to see Banshees. It's called Banshees or Inashirin. I can't even mm-hmm. pronounce it. In- Inashirin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a movie directed by Martin McDonald and starring Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, and Carrie Condon. Mm. I don't know what to say about this movie because we came out of the cinema. I think the whole we went to this we went to this like vintage cinema by the beachside. Uh, I love that at Avoca. I love that. So nice. Like we've lived up on the coast for almost eight years and we've never been to it. So what, it's so yeah. nice. Yeah. So um, honestly, I don't know what to say about Banshees or Inner Shearing because it's such a strange movie and you. There were about, we went to see it, I think it was on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. I was the only Asian in the movie theatre. Mm-hmm. Well, it is Avoca. Yeah, Avoca. And the average population there is like 65 plus. And white, yeah. And so if I want to summon in like a very brief summary of this movie, it's about two men, which is the story is set in the height of the Irish Civil War mm-hmm. in the 1920s, mm. about two men's breakdowns, uh, friendship, and then one man is trying to find out what had happened with their relationship and he's trying to, I don't know, like making a reconciliation with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Patrick, Patrick, Colin, Colin Farrell's character was the, this really um, kind of like a simpleton. He plays this, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but he plays so well mm. as someone who has been considered really basic, simple, kind of like genuine, he's kind as well. Mm. And he's got no... Um, motives he's got no ambitious he's just like a simple basic 
person who lives in this really remote Irish island,、mm. and then his friend、uh, called Colin or Colm, I, I can't even pronounce it in Irish, played by Brendan Gleeson. He is the musician who is obviously more intellectually、uh, higher than the the younger man.、Mm. He's trying to cut off their relationship because he wants to concentrate on his musical composition.、Mm-hmm. He said that okay, if you, and then it, the, the story stretches onto a very strange turn when、um, Brendan Gleeson's character just says that okay, if you come and talk to me again, I'm going to start chopping off my finger myself and send it to you to give you as a warning not to approach me again.、Mm. So it's a very 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 gruesome. <laughs> Eventually, he did. Oh Jesus! So how would you do that? So it's very strange. Like everyone in the cinema is like trying to, trying to comprehend what made that, what made the person do that. You know,、yeah. obviously, if we think about it, is very clearly it's mental mental issue.、Mm. Yeah, but throughout the movie, I think.、Um, For me, Colin Firth, I have a new level of respect for him.、Uh, Colin Farrell, which is、uh, not Colin Firth, which is、yeah. every time I get them mixed up. Every time, the way he plays a simpleton character who persistently wants to recover the friendship just blows my mind. But I cannot understand a third of the conversation because they're heavily Irish accent conversations.、Mm-hmm. The highlight, personally for me, is the true brilliance of the movie. He's actually the female characters,、uh-huh. only sane people in, on the island, which is Siobhan,、uh, played by Carrie Condon, and the old lady who kind of creeps around the town.、Um, I think the movie identifies with a lot of isolation of the small town. Yeah,、um, there's a portrayal of very strict authoritarian or tum people. Yeah, stubbornness of the old man.、Um, like I said, it's very gruesome, very violent. Um, the cine- cinematography is absolutely amazing. I think it's really beautiful how they capture the remote Irish island,、mm. um, but of course that contrasts with the desolate and indeed very very bleak lives of people on the island. Sounds so fucking depressing. Yeah, it is very depressing. Like、Ugh. at the end of the movie, when the light goes on, you know,、um, three old ladies sitting behind behind me, I can hear just then they were like. <sighs> Yeah. Such a depressive movie.、Yeah. Can someone pick a better movie next time? <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot decide if I like or dislike the movie. I mean, the performance is definitely great.、Mm. It's more like a stage theater. I think if it's like a、yeah. theater production, perhaps it'll be better than、yeah. the movie.、Um, I think. Have you read? Have you read Billy's? Yeah, that's what, that's that's what where I was gonna get to next.、Uh-huh. I think、uh, to expand what I'm talking about here, I really urge everyone to read what Billy wrote on his blog. It's rather therapy,、uh, very, very, very fantastic review. I think. Yeah,、uh, I mean everything he does is fantastic. <laughs> it's very poetic. I think he expands on what I say here about friendship and the different、mm-hmm. personalities of individual characters that results into this conflict. Um, Boseman sees these things differently in the creative sense,、uh, and having a some sort of、um, existential, <laughs> existential, yeah, crisis of an old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, like、uh, my husband also comments that this is such a philosophical
yeah. literary film. It depends how you dissect the story. You have to have you will result in different kind of an, an analysis. You know, yeah. old man, mental health issues. Uh, for me, watching this film really prompted me to look up his previous work,、mm-hmm. but it also triggered my kind of my really bad memories about dealing our own family members. Mm. Um, self-inflicted harms and those sort of、mm. crap. Yeah, it, it's not. It, it's a movie for someone who needs to be mentally stable enough to go and I don't know, observe it. I guess of、mm. what people go through their life. Yeah. Well, I'm、um, I'm just watching, looking at Rotten Tomato and Metacritic. Um, and they've and the, this film has got a ninety seven percent rating on Rotten Tomato,、yeah. oh. which is amazing, and the Metacritic eighty seven percent. So it seems like it's a very critically acclaimed film. Yeah, I think it's up for an Oscar. Yeah, well, I know that nominated for Farrell, yeah, I know that Colin Farrell won a Globe Golden Globes this week for his role in it. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not surprised because oh my god, his performance is just so brilliant. I, I mean, have a lot. I'm, yeah, I'm never a fan of him, but after watching, oh really? Yeah, I was. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to ask I, you. I, if you're a fan of Colin Farrell. I am a massive fan of Colin Farrell. Oh, then you. I think he is absolutely. I think he is one of those people who just—I just have a thing for him because, like, he sometimes looks ugly and sometimes, <laughs> and I really like those kind of faces. I like faces, I like male faces. I like that you're like, are you ugly or are you hot? <laughs> you, you can't, can't you can't figure it. Yeah, just like Josh Hartnett, I feel like has that same juju. Like sometimes Josh Hartnett looks ugly because he looks so strange, but he's obviously super hot as well. You know. Yeah, I think Colin Farrell. You have to watch this film because it just it blows my mind his performance. You never consider him to perform in such a way. It's very visceral as well, and also because there's interaction. I think the the part I really like within this film is because the interaction with animals as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a dog in there, right? Oh, visceral. There's a dog and there's a donkey. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute—a donkey. I mean, once it's out on streaming platforms, I. Unless you want to watch it now on the cinemas, I think it's not worth it to watch it on the cinemas. Okay. It's okay. okay. The, yeah, streaming platform. Yeah, well, I'm seeing that it looks like there's a border collie of some sort or something. Is it? Yeah, there's a border collie. Yeah. Right. Nice. And then finally, you went to watch with your nine-year-old, Blueback. Yes, I also went to the same cinema two days later. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, to watch Blueback because this is a movie that my daughter she saw the trailer when she went to see the new Avatar with her dad、mm-hmm. last year.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she said she really wants to see this film.、Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a beautiful Australian movie based on Tim Winton's book.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the film depicts a journey of a young girl living on the remote coast of Western Australia while. Diving one day, she befriend a blue groper. It's a type of huge, huge fish,、mm-hmm. and she named it Blueback.、Mm. And during her childhood, she stood alongside her mother and campaigned to stop major developments around the coast. And she's been participating in environmental activism, and it goes through a lot of friendship with the local First Nation people. The movie travels through the time period of her childhood, and concurrently depicts her current life as a marine biologist returning to home, her hometown to untangle 
her relationship with her mother who had just recently had a stroke. Um, the reason that I agreed to see it with my daughter because I saw Eric Banner <laughs> was in the trailer. Yeah, Eric Banner's great. I love All right, him. Why is it always the man? Um, yeah, so I really like Eric Banner and because he's in this movie. But he, he played rather a small part. There's really mm. nothing spectacular. He played like a local fisherman who somehow kind of like a, inspired the protagonists to, uh, about the life of ocean but tragically die while collecting abalone. Uh, it's a very um, looking for Alibrandi sort of vibe, mm-hmm. very Aussie looking for mm-hmm. Alibrandi vibe, mm-hmm. coming of age, all about changes in teenage life, experience first love, um, experience death and leaving hometown to pursue your dream. Yeah. I, oh, that sounds really I, nice. I, yeah. I, my daughter really enjoyed it because it's about ocean, it's about beaches, about swimming. Yeah. I would recommend this movie for uh, family with kids, I think. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, um, that is the end of our cultural consumption um, uh, route list. Uh, we'll take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk about the list of things that we want to talk about, news gossip talk for the first week of 2023. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So Helen um, wants to talk about her rant of the week is the clothing <laughs> sizes of Asian yeah. Asian fitting, uh, Asian styles versus Western styles. Yeah, so funny. Because last Christmas, so I received two pieces of clothing as gifts. One yeah. from our mother. Uh-huh. She came back from Taiwan. Yeah. And she got us turtleneck tops. Oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. It's winter there, so she yeah. can't find any summer clothing. So she brought up turtlenecks. And the other piece is from our lovely sister, Lisa, who got me like a festive T-shirt with oh, yeah. on it. I remember. She screwed up our Secret Santa thing. <laughs> yeah, she ended up buying everything for everyone. Yeah. So the turtleneck is from Taiwan, which is labeled XL. Mm-hmm. While the T-shirt, I believe, uh, our sister got for me, is from JJ's, which is this trendy sort of yeah. Aussie right. store, yeah. store yeah, for teenagers. Yeah. It's labeled XXS. You're and, kidding. And the top from, the tai- from Taiwan looks yeah. smaller than the yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I love that. What the fuck? I really yeah. hate how Asian labels and size is like small in Australia is XL in Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. Which is Asian bodies are generally just smaller. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just generally, I mean, just generally, by population wise. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, so I love this uh, that you mentioned this because the other day I was in Campsy. Uh-huh. I was trying to look for Prince Harry's book, but it didn't <laughs> come out yet. I had messed up my days. And um, I was right, walking around. Campsy is a very Asian Chinese um, suburb. I fucking yeah, love yeah. it. It's just great. And in the shopping mall, I, I, I walked past a, a clothes store manned by an Asian woman. I believe she was Chinese. And um, I saw um, on, the, on the sales rack, don't tell mum this, um, a, a shirt that I really thought would suit my mum, our mother, and so um, I bought it and um, I came home and I showed my partner and then um, he, he was like, yeah, great, it looks great. And then he noticed that the size. So it's, it's quite a small shirt, okay? So my mum is like me, we're quite small. And then um, he noticed that the size was XL. And he was like, what is this XL? I was like, 
<laughs> it's Asian sizes, mate. I know it's ridiculous. I mean, this is uh, this is me going to criticize the toxic fashion industry and the diet culture in Taiwan. I don't know about oh, the yeah. rest of countries in Asia, but I think it really in enforces the unhealthy assumption of size and you know right. be the good thing. Right. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't know how many times I've heard Asian woman in Australia like. Going to going back to Asia, or grew up there. Were they grew up in Australia and visiting Asia, and they feel like, oh my god, I feel like I'm two sizes bigger than yeah, you know, than the the not the regular people in yeah. Asia countries, and yeah. it's just and the buying clothes as well. Yeah, it's very I, different. It's very different. Yeah. Well, you you and I know we um and our sister also we regularly. Well, I don't personally just because I don't I I honestly never buy clothes. I buy clothes maybe like once a year, um. But we have been known to buy from the teenage section of Kmart and Big W, right? Because they fit us. Yeah, they fit us better, and yeah. because I think because our our the cuttings for the teenage. Yeah, exactly. Clothing. We basically we we basically have the bodies of teenage boys, right? <laughs> Flat chested, yeah, flat chested. <laughs> you know, not that tall, skinny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's the other news piece? Well, we wanted to talk about this um, since Billy had asked <laughs> that, our best friend Billy. Uh, shout out to Billy. Um, so on TikTok, obviously TikTok, everyone's been talking about the Fitzroy Garage Sesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't personally get it just as I'm not on TikTok, so I'm not fluent in the TikTok linguistics. Um, but I thank my 17-year-old niece, nephew, um, Helen's son, for explaining it to me. So uh, basically, Helen, do you want to take us through what the whole Fitzroy Garage test is for those who are unaware? Okay, I think initially, I didn't really look through into that in detail, but I think it was like a 15-second yeah. video clip, which is like the regular TikTok clips yeah. showing a group of young boys having a party in the garage and you can see shots of them like shaving their head drinking beer and once doing like a praying gesture a very aussie bow can i use the word boganish like sort of um yeah lad the aussie lad event yeah and then someone eventually found out that it was a group of private school boys who was kind of tried to gentrify the Fitzroy suburb because Fitzroy mm-hmm. suburb in Melbourne is being considered historically as a working class suburb and now um, this group of private school boys moving into that area and gentrify, I don't know, or taking over the working cl- class status or trying to pretend to be like working class is kind of a very ridiculous thing to do. Um, apart from that, I really don't understand anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, neither. Um, uh, we're, you and I, Helen, we're boomers in this when it comes to the story. I know, but I, I know that it is, is, you know, something to really talk about how private school boys trying to inv- invade a lot of space. You know, it, it's as if their own space is not enough. They need to go beyond that boundary to evade. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, if, you, if, if, you, if Billy was here, he would say something like um, it's, it's the general thing where the dominant culture, they're so not interesting that they have to invade, like you said, or infect 
or like encroach upon the minority culture yeah. in order to be interesting. So yeah. they end up taking over everything. I mean, that is what literally happened to like the way Elvis took over music, rock and roll. You know, like white, often white culture just steals the most interesting subcultures and makes it, tries to make it their own. That's why I cannot stand white people doing hip hop. <laughs> For me, it's just like completely doesn't make sense. Yeah, or Adriana Grande trying to be a K-pop yeah, star. Yeah, exactly. Just, just trying to assume any kind of different differentness and making it their own. Yeah. Okay, so finally, should we just briefly talk yeah. about Golden Globes? Golden Globes happened on uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday here, I believe. Uh, yeah, and uh, it was it was great. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy it, it, it you know returned after a couple of yeah. I think last year it wasn't it wasn't. Um, broadcast by NBC due to a lot of the issues of the Hollywood foreign press, um, you know, being racist. We all know that. I have to say a couple of things. Um, I thought the host was really underwhelming. He wasn't funny at all. Um, Who was the host? Uh, he was this guy called someone Carmichael or something, Michael Carmichael or something. I don't know. <laughs> he was just this guy that, um, who, like, um, who was a comedian, a stand-up. Never heard of him. Um, I thought he was, like, not funny at all. So I was kind of disappointed by his him. Um, I'm glad of the winners. Um, Kihoe Kwan, obviously, for Everything Everywhere All at Once, won the Best Actor. Michelle Yao for the same uh, for the same movie. What did you think about their speeches, Helen? Um, I only saw part of it on Instagram, and I think it's they spoke brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's very emotional. Kihoe Kwan, um, his Chinese name's Guan Ji Wei. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I remember him better with his Chinese name. Mm-hmm. I think he just talked um, very emotionally. I guess it was really uh, overwhelmed for him. You know, you think about it that you started as a child and then you stopped for decades and then returned into. But honestly, I think his performance, like if you ask me personally, I think he outperforms Michelle in that everywhere, Mm. everything everywhere all at once personally Mm -hmm. for me because I would never get over get get over that the, line. Yeah, which Helen has been like just like spamming everyone every day <laughs> while she was sick. Yeah, it's like I just can't get over that line. I can't which, get over the line where he said that. Oh, if we know each other in another life, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, <laughs> Helen's gonna cry just talking about it. I still want to do taxes and laundry with you. Yeah, yeah, I think best that's line the best ever. Line ever. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna use that line at, on my wedding day. <laughs> Meaning it'll never happen just because I'll never find a wedding. Thank you very much. Um, so my favourite speech of the night was obviously the one with one everyone is talking about, Jennifer Coolidge and her beautiful, touching, heart-wrenching dedication to Mike White. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube, I, at least a cut version of it. But uh, she's just, like, so lovable. She basically says, you know, Mike White is a phenomenal human who makes people want to live longer um, and it was just so I, I got very teary watching Jennifer Coolidge's speech. Uh, she won Best Actor for a limited series. Yeah, it was generally uh, a very, very pleasant evening. Um, did you finally, before we wrap things up, Helen, did you have a favorite outfit? Oh, I don't have, you, you, you asked the wrong person because I didn't go. Oh, okay. I, I love doing that. This is my favorite thing in the world. I love going through outfits. My favorite of the night was none other than Seth Rogen and his salmon. Oh, yeah. 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 You, you sent me a photo. Oh, that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Nice. He's just, oh, uh, yeah. I have a tender place in my heart now for Seth Rogen after his role in The Fablemans. 
beautiful, just so beautiful. Yeah, I really, I have a lot of time for Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and Jennifer Coolidge, I think they are the they are like the celebrities that's not given enough opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. so talented. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't know about Coley. Seth Rogen. Just because Seth Rogen, I feel like he does get a lot of attention anyway. Yeah, but he's always been made into that kind of typecast as a comedian and silly. Yeah. I haven't seen enough to decide, but of what I've seen so far, I think his role's always been in comedy. Stupid. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, and, and the Fablemans, he plays a serious, like he plays. Okay. The, the, it's, it's, he, he's less of a goofball. Okay. Role. And it's nice. beautiful. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I'm looking forward to see more of Jennifer Coolidge because she's one of those, you can remember her from like um, back in the days of Legally Blonde. Yeah, that's um, where I first met her. Yeah, and she's so good. Like she's you so wonder, good. you wonder what happened to her. How can, how can she never be in the central yeah. role? But now we see her in White Lotus. And yeah. Uh, winning an award it's so great it's so great seeing older women win like angela bassett michelle yao jennifer college they're all over 60 they all won awards on on that evening so yeah it's great it's great that you know because you, you t- we, t- we tend to only see in hollywood younger women right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. know that Ugh, horrible trend <laughs> but anyway with that any last final words helen before we wrap this episode up Oh, no final words. I just want to recover quickly so I can go out. And play with your dogs. <laughs> go to the beach and climb again. Love it. I love it. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to support what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us this week and we'll speak to you next time. Happy New Year. See ya.